We all have moments where we feel insecure. Without awareness, those moments of insecurity shape so much of our lives. Hi, I'm Chris McAllister, and I founded SightShift to help people like you and me, leaders and coaches, use the moments they feel insecure to transform their identity, their teams, and their culture. Listen in as I interview people around what it means to be the kind of leader who uses these moments to transform themselves. All right, everybody, welcome to the podcast. Here we are in a new rhythm series, season, format, whatever you want to call it. And I get to interview people that I have had the privilege of working with, gotten to know, and I'm excited to have you hear more about their story. So with that being said, Dr. Melissa McRae, so excited to have you here today. Thank you so much, Chris. I'm really looking forward to our time together today. Yeah, yeah, going to be fun, going to be fun. Now, here's what's wild to me. Um, it's not that this happens so often when I'm recording the podcast. I was just talking about you last night. So um, I flew in this morning early from Orlando. I was speaking at an event. Uh, it's an event that I've spoken at now. They do it twice a year, 16 times. So very privileged to come back. I'm just excited to be there with them. So there's a real community, right? After the event, we were at this hotel hanging out, really cool space, and just relaxed and talking and catching up with some of the leaders. And uh, it's it's in those moments, you know, you get to share even more personal stuff. And so I was telling them about how uh, I had started working with you, coaching you, and then I was talking about a problem that I had in running, and you were like, we can fix that. <laughs> and so we started working together, and now I get to run again. So to all the people that see me running like a crazy person in our neighborhood, they want to say thank you. <laughs> well, yeah, you know what? I was actually just thinking about you this morning, um, just in the busy schedules of life. I was I was at a dentist appointment of all places, <laughs> and um, she was saying, so what are you doing today? And I got to say, oh, I'm going to hang out with Chris McAllister a little bit. And um, your name sounded familiar to her. Her husband actually is in charge of leadership development in his company. And so you two have crossed paths in the path in the past, and um, it was just really fun to connect. And I think back to that original meeting back in Starbucks, having no idea where you and I working together would lead me in my business and in my personal life. So again, I just feel really privileged to be here. Oh, wow. That's so cool. What a small world. Uh, that's neat. That's neat. Well, especially because there's a personal story too, not only for myself, but one of my family members that you helped. And so can't say enough about the diligence, passion, education, the knowledge you possess, the ability to communicate it. And and then I think there's so many components, how you're putting things together like a puzzle so you can actually guide people through the journey. Um, so what's cool for me is you're actually doing the work, impacting people, and building a business. And that's like two tracks that I don't think people really appreciate until you walk both. Uh, so there's a lot more complexity, nuance, variables in your daily world because you can show up and help patients and you're actively building this business and seeing what you can do to bring more people in and help others. And it takes a team to do that. So right now, when you kind of think about your life and your leadership and, and, and just the flow of things, where do you feel a real sense of like winning and momentum? Let's start off there because it's fun in today's change driven <laughs> right. world. Um, let's see. Well, I'll, I'll just do a quick personal life. Uh, so I have three kids and they're entering that very, very busy stage. 
this summer has been mayhem of traveling and soccer and swim team and diving and camp seems like I drop one off at camp and I pick up another one. And, um, but at the same time, I have been just thoroughly enjoying every second of it. So um, that is a big win to me, not feeling mm. like it just adds a level of overwhelm. Um, another oh, yeah. big win would be business-wise. Um, for me, I and well, I'm sure we'll touch on some of this later, but I'm not a big fan of conflict or um, addressing conflict head on, but I've done several things in the business that needed taken care of over the past couple of weeks um, as a business owner. And I feel so good about that and able to move forward. Um, business growth, we've introduced several new pathways for patient care that I feel can really add a lot more significance and benefit to patients' lives. Mm. Those have been launched and are doing very well. So. I guess multiple areas I feel some wins, which I'm really grateful for. Right on. I love it. I love it. You know, and what's so important for us right now is because so much change is happening, we have to appreciate that at any given time in our life, we have categories. We have these the presence of all of these categories at once. We're always having places we're winning. We're having places we feel like we're losing, places we may feel stuck, places we're inspired. It's not yet a win, but we want to turn it into that. And... And I think for a lot of leaders and entrepreneurs and, and, and really people too, they can just find places they're stuck or losing and then that becomes the dominant experience of their heart or mind. Um, you might have 95% winning in one season or you might have 5%. So we got to grab that fuel where we can. Where are you right now grabbing some fuel and feeling inspired? You know, It's not yet turned into something that, that there's momentum, but you're looking out on the horizon and really excited to step into a new area of growth or challenge. I would certainly say the current microeconomy that's happening with inflation versus, you know, questionable recession, all of those questions and trying to prepare. Um, mm. I feel like COVID was this massive immediate preparation, pivot and shift and launch and grow. I feel like that same thing is happening right now. So it's almost like a season within a season. I still feel mm. like we're in this COVID season of figuring out where that's settling. So I'm I'm excited about it in the way that we pivoted and we shifted and we had wonderful success, fantastic mm. patient outcomes. I know we can do it again. Trying to predict mm. what that looks like is where the challenge comes in trying to predict um, all the business things that happen with business decisions and revenue and cash cash flow and forecasting. That's where um, there's certainly significant challenge, but I'm excited that we can do it again and continue to grow in the environment that we are presented. Oh yeah, I love that. I mean, I find that personally inspiring. I had finished speaking at this event and, and I felt like it was our best one yet. And I felt all kinds of like encouragement and juice from that and had to go back to the hotel room for some meetings and I uh, was preparing, looking at a report and some financials and some things we need to see improve and how quick the experience of it all can change. Um, but I hear, yeah, hey, we've done this. We've done it before. Let's do it again. Um, and yeah, I like that description, season within a season. It definitely feels that way. Uh, I have to tell you this. I was on the plane the going there, and a woman was coughing her head off. And you can see how stressed people are. Because before, you'd never notice that. But you could almost hear people thinking out loud. And it was like, and maybe this was just me, 
are we going to throw her off the plane? <laughs> you know, we lose our kindness and our compassion to others and ourselves when all this stress is going on. Um, so where right now do you feel like in your own season, seasonal and situational awareness that, that something just isn't quite working like you want it to? You may feel like it's dragging you uh, down. It doesn't have to be something that you reveal at whatever level you want to mm-hmm. appropriate for the business. Um because change isn't easy, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we're all trying to grow through things. That is a great question. Uh, I have a tendency, again, I'm, I tend to be very optimistic. I tend to think things are going to work out. And I know that that prepares a pathway a lot of times for things to work out. Mm-hmm. That being said, uh, there have been a number of days over the past... <laughs> goodness, what time frame should we pick? Several weeks, month, <laughs> three months, where um, there are so many fires going on in a day that oftentimes mm. it's challenging to continue to tackle them with, you know, leaning in, see what the problem is, try to see it from a perspective that's not biased, make a great decision that you need to move forward on and go forward. Doing that over and over and over for as long as we've been doing that, I find uh, lately I've been more wanting to retreat and just mm, not address it as quickly as I should. So for me, it's very important right now that I stay on task and I'm aware of this, but uh, certainly the desire to retreat and just hide for a little bit is pretty prevalent. Yeah. Yeah, great awareness and, and great permission giving because it's like you can feel that. You don't have to force it. You don't have to deny it. You still have to walk through it. And and maybe we even do hide for a little bit so we don't have to shame ourselves or beat ourselves up. But eventually we take that mm-hmm. step. And um, that's, that's really powerful. I, I appreciate you sharing that because I think for leaders that are listening to this, that are seeking to build something, it's such a normal response to have these moments where we're shying away from – what we know deep down we need to do, it just requires so much courage. <laughs> uh, I feel like in the last like year and a half, that exercising of courage has been needed more than mm-hmm. ever. And there are just moments where I'm like, I just my courage meter feels totally bottomed out. And I'm going to wait till tomorrow morning on that. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell myself I'm going to do it and try not to put it off another day. <laughs> well, I, but, what, I, what I've know. been doing lately is um, – if I give myself permission to not avoid it, like I'm aware, okay, you're not going to do that right now, mm. then I have to do something that uh, either is filling my cup or mm. um, is productive in some way. So I've done a yeah. lot more walks. I've done a lot more sitting outside, weeding in the garden, um, anything that can bring me some joy and give me some peace. So I'm not allowed to just you know, sit on the couch and eat popcorn. Like... I have to do something um, that's that's fulfilling, and it could be reading a book, it could be journaling. So, um, whereas before I probably would have, you know, five, ten years ago, like ah, I don't need to take that on right now. I do really feel like I um, can focus my energy in a positive direction, even if I do give myself a little permission to retreat. Oh, I love that. I love that. I hope everybody can really take that away as a clear action point. So powerful when you do struggle and there's something you're hiding from for a moment, replace it with something that's replenishing, that helps you recover. Because that really is the thing that, you know, you don't want to dwell in this empty tank Mm -hmm. state. You want to fill the tank. And it is too easy. You hide and then you like open up, you know, for me, open up Twitter and, 
you start scrolling and then you're just mindlessly doing something. Uh, the cool part is sometimes I'll play like roulette with the algorithm and uh, something will provoke me like a thought mm -hmm. and then it's like okay Chris you know let's stop let's stop dwelling in this zero tank place <laughs> so that's great I love that um so this 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 is not easy for people uh sometimes sometimes it is but I really like asking this question because it's it's so much the message for me that that I'm about and and people discovering within themselves so let, let's dive into this one tell me what you like about yourself the most mm -hmm. I like my optimistic perspective. Mm. Why do I do? Um, I truly believe that the energy that you project is the pathway that gets created for you. So I do feel mm. like it has opened doors for me that I otherwise would not have opened. There is so much, there is so much joy. There's so much beauty. There is so much that has been created in this world that we live in that mm. I feel like there's the only thing to do is to be optimistic about it and know that there are greater things. Um, mm. That approach has served me well. I feel like it is something that uh, I was born with. I haven't had to learn it, which I am so grateful for. I think there are people sure. who tend to migrate to the negative side of things and that can absolutely be changed. I feel incredibly blessed that I was born happy. I was born optimistic. Mm. I figure there there is always a way. It just might not be mm. obvious. Uh, so that is what I like about myself the most. Oh, thank you. I love it. Yeah. You're making me think of something that I think you could probably shed a, even more light on than, than I could ever speak to. How much even the cells of our body are affected by our thoughts. Like this isn't woo. This is science. You have the medical degree. You know the stuff. Um, tell us maybe just a little bit, and I know you didn't know I'd be asking mm -hmm. this. Tell, tell us a little bit about that and how they're connected. There are so many things that we don't understand, so I will say that. Um, energy mm. and life flow are not things that are well studied and not well documented. That being said, to me it falls in alignment with things like acupuncture and some of the energy works that hospitals are approaching right now like Reiki and but we know that the power of positive thought is incredibly powerful and we have studied that. Mm. So if you take a patient, mm. for instance, who does have a, a very positive out, uh, mindset or outlook on whatever their illness is, they will typically do 50% times better than somebody who has a negative outlook on their disease process. So we have those kind of basic studies. I think as we continue to develop in uh, energetic measurement, we will be able to find out some absolutely fascinating things about how people's attitude and um, even thought projection can affect their health from the inside out. For now, they're kind of rudimentary studies. If you have a more optimistic attitude, we know you do better in regards to your health. It'll be fun to get a little wow. more in the weeds with that to see you know, what's really going on. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I recently discovered a device I was using for running uh, w because I was measuring my heart rate mm -hmm. and, and seeing that it really wasn't doing what I thought it would. So I couldn't push my heart rate as much. It was just restricting my breathing. But, and I'm not justifying it because once I knew the data, I couldn't keep doing the action. But up to that point, the placebo still had effect, mm -hmm. right? And so I think we don't think enough about that. I love 
your vision, as I've heard it, you're really bringing a, an approach that's that's holistic. It's like the best of Western and Eastern medicine together. We can treat the whole person. This is my hack way of describing it. So please, <laughs> if I say things that you would be like, oh, I don't want to be thought of that way, correct it and uh, and and set me straight. But I'd love to hear just a little bit about your, you know, the origin story of your passion to to step away from the traditional confines of the practices that bill for insurance and all that, and and maybe even a story that I know you can't talk directly about patients, mm-hmm. um, that that kind of encapsulates that shift for you mm-hmm. and why you do what you do. I think my full drive occurred because when you put the two things that equal success together, you know, if you think about like service and significance, if you get service and significance together, and that leads to success always wanting to be a successful person. My version of success is based around those two things. I actually had a traditional family practice office for about 12 years and I loved it. We had a, I had a full practice. I've always been independent, so I wasn't employed by a hospital system or a large organization. I loved my patients. I had an amazing staff. We had a, a culture of nurturing and caring, but also really great care. So I had that practice, Um, I was about eight years in, um, the paperwork was building, these are not new thoughts or comments you're gonna, you know, Mm -hmm. gonna hear right now, but paperwork was building, the out of the patient exam room activities were getting greater than the in exam room activities. So Mm. I treasure my time with patients. It's the one way you're gonna really find out what's happening, what's going on and how best can I help somebody? So as that time shrunk, as I was being pushed to see more patients, uh, I had done a fair amount of non-surgical aesthetics in the practice, and that was a cash portion of the practice versus my insurance-based medical portion. My cash-based practice was actually covering my income, the staff's income, and the profits. The medical portion was just a break-even. When I spend 75% of my time on medical and I'm not even generating extra revenue to grow and develop. Mm. Um, There were some significant things that had to change. Now, I had two options. I could just start seeing more patients, shorten up the time. I say, join the rat race or, you know, hop on the wheel. (laughs) Or I could become, uh, I could simply become employed by a hospital or a large managed care organization. Mm. Or I could do exactly what I wanted to do and open up a practice outside of the constraints or you know the the noose around your neck kind of business that i found myself in in medicine so um i did that i closed my practice i had a completely full medical practice i hadn't accepted a new patient over three years because we just didn't have room uh and i sold that practice for um less than ten thousand dollars uh because in medicine you can't sell patients wow um, so you can only sell the equipment so you can, you know, sell a couple computers and bedside tables. So after 12 years of a really full practice, I basically walked away from that. I went to a location where most of my cash paying patients were from. I started vitality with the entire concept that if you give the body what it needs, it will respond. If you give patients what they need in time and listening and commitment, they will respond. So. That's when Vitality started. That was uh, eight years ago. We now have two locations in the central Ohio area. Uh, We have 14 staff. We have five providers. um, And it's all because 
truly, if you give patients what they need, they will respond. Oh, wow. I mean, so we got many levels of encouragement there. People out there listening to take those steps that mean big risk, following your dreams, shifting out of something that you found rewarding, but the system was broken and you couldn't make your best contribution. Uh, wow. And, and for me, it's like, you know, there's so many people out there that are, especially in leadership at some level, and that stepping out to try that new thing, start that new project, build that new team, you know, and even as risky as totally shifting like you did, um, starting somewhere starts to let this positivity that is a strength for you show you the way that's going to that's gonna develop. And, and I think the thing that I want to really highlight, too, is how earlier you were talking about how optimism is a strength, and it is your strength, but occasionally it could become a weakness, and so you just – you know, you've, you've matured that, but you haven't lost it. And that's what so many people do. They swing between these extremes. So, so very powerful. I love hearing that. Um, well, for those that are listening, um, most of them are going to be familiar with SightShift, the work that we do. Uh, hopefully they've at least looked at the process to figure that shift out, maybe read the book and started to process and understand like, oh, we're, we're skipping over an awareness of who we are. Um, as, as we've worked together and you've really leaned in and done that deep work, what for you are some of the biggest takeaways, um, that are still with you today? Oh gosh, <laughs> we don't have enough time for that, Chris. Um, oh. <laughs> there, you know, every, every engagement is really something to reflect back on. If I had to say one of the biggest mm. things, uh, I am a big believer connected immediately to the whole process of identity fears. So that to me just was really life-changing in both my personal mm. and business relationships and understanding of myself and how I made decisions. So that is the one area that I would say just completely impacts my life every single day. Um, and it helps me understand why I gravitate to certain decisions, but then having that understanding really lets me evaluate things better. So. Um, identity fears and the understanding of what personally drives somebody and we're all different so being able to mm. engage in relationships with people and understand I'm coming at it from my perspective and having an idea where they're coming at it from allows just so much more open communication much more progress uh, and without that it was really just you know this completely personal bias of where I was coming from and not really understanding why I was deciding things that I did. Wow, that's awesome. Man, it's so encouraging. Thank you. The key phrase there I love, it's like not understanding why. And now you understand why. And that's this massive shift that can happen. Um, you know, I feel like even in my own life, I watched something a few weeks ago that so moved me. I just sat there watching it and I felt, I feel like I've reached like 5% of my potential. But yet that 5% of my potential that I've reached getting that other 95%, it's not about me going farther. It's about helping others go farther, right? And what deep work happens when they're transformed? Your why is transformed. You're transforming health, you know? We're in the transformation business, you and I. And, uh, and that means so much uh, to, to connect with like-minded hearts and minds around that. Um, but that's not easy. If it were easy, right, as they say, everybody would do it. 
Um, so, so when you think about like you leading, I think you've hit on one challenge, uh, and that is really diving into conflict, um, and, and making sure that you're paying attention to that and not avoiding it. Uh, what other challenges might come to mind when you look at the scope of your leadership and say, as I'm looking at the horizon, these are some places I'm seeking to improve. Mm. And it may just be one, anything that comes to mind. I am, I am very fortunate to be surrounded by some amazing people. So that being mm. said, they might allow me some flexibility that I shouldn't have flexibility, <laughs> for instance. Uh, <laughs> I, I love thinking of things. I swear I think of, you know, 50 new ideas that I'm sure would be amazing to do. And um, so kind of raining, especially right now, you know, raining things in, tightening down the hatches, yeah. um, focusing with intention on very specific pathways is going to be very important. Yeah. So, um, I would say one area that I, I challenged in is I love coming up with new ideas and trying to think how they might work and how they might benefit the practice better or my patients better. And uh, so probably focus. Totally. <laughs> Not, yeah. you know, avoiding so many shiny things of my mind and really thinking. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Thanks for the vulnerability. I mean, I literally, I have a notebook here. Nobody needs to see what I put on this notebook because I was on a plane, right? That's like the plane is the worst and the best because there's no distraction and it's ideas oh, on fire. Absolutely. Especially after you've been to an event. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this exactly. Yeah. Imagine what we could do. Totally, totally. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, we're, we're in a similar mm -hmm. season because of we're, our, we're wired similarly, the ideation and the vision and the visionary capacity. And our season is very similar. Like, okay, Chris, you don't get to do the experimental to do the fundamental. <laughs> so I developed a daily checklist for myself that is literally the fundamentals that I have to make sure I do before I, hey, what if? That's great. <laughs> yeah. So I'm so... I'm so glad you shared that because if we don't know the season we're in and this moment that we're in right now where it, it's going to be a challenging environment and good businesses are going to get better, businesses that had inherent flaws that were riding on the momentum of the economy are going to end. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and as we know that, it's like, okay, well, the experimentation will still be there. The ideation will still be there, but I'm going to work these fundamentals. So. Super awesome. Well, as you think about leaders that might be listening to this and your own experience and where the world's at right now, um, what's an encouraging message you think leaders need to be sharing regularly right now in whatever uh, space they find themselves leading? I, I fully believe that people don't hear enough, that there's always hope. Mm. From a patient perspective, three times yesterday, I had patients come in and tell me their doctor told them there's nothing else they could do. We hear that, I think, way too often. So from a, from a leader perspective, you know your employees are thinking that. You know they're thinking it in some aspect of their life, whether it's their personal life, or they're looking for, they're looking for a way to accelerate through the chain of your business but from what they see, there's no hope that'll ever happen. You know they're thinking it. And if you don't know they're thinking that, you need to yeah. know they're thinking it. From a personal perspective, mm. from a leader, that hope has to be there as well. From a business perspective, 
you are innovative, you are creative, or you wouldn't be where you're at. So just knowing there is hope and allowing yourself that space to find what it's going to take for you to move your business forward. From a personal perspective, I have seen more business leaders getting sick than I ever have before. It could be simply that they come in and tell me their brain does not work anymore. Like they're missing meetings. They're forgetting things. They just can't focus. They're not sleeping. So many of those things are um, traditionally, well, get some sleep, try to exercise. You know, you'll hear like these regular pathways and they'll come in and they'll say, I've done it. And something is wrong. Something is just not right. So just an understanding that there are practitioners similar to what I do out there, but it takes somebody who's going to listen to you, somebody who is innovative and forward thinking and know that, Mm -hmm. um, know that there are options for you and there are treatments out there that are absolutely amazing. So whether it's in your business life Mm. or your personal life, you have to focus on the fact that there is hope. You have to find the source for where that hope is and follow it until it improves. Wow. So encouraging. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I want to draw out something that you're finding more and more business leaders being sick and or not feeling well. They've tried all the normal pathways. Uh, I know that you can't like mass diagnose an audience, so not asking (laughs) you to do anything uh, ethically inappropriate or whatever. But what for you is something you could speak to about the why behind that? So we... The, f- the fundamental component is um, stress, and certainly in my opinion, stress. Stress, yeah. Uh, stress does all kinds of things yeah. physiologically to us. There's, uh, we have these adrenal glands, and they put out the stress hormone, cortisol. It all sounds fine and cute, but it can be very dangerous on a long-term basis when you continue to crank out cortisol, which is your stress hormone that yeah. allows you to get through. Well, normally what happens is you're in a situation where you need this extra boost of cortisol. And then the stressor Mm -hmm. starts to fade away and your body goes into recovery mode. What we're seeing right now, the stressors, especially on business owners have been so high and so significant and they are not tapering off and people, people are not able to get any kind of repair and heal from this excess cortisol production. It affects the brain in many, many ways. A lot of people think, oh, it's just fatigue and I'm just exhausted all the time. What I worry about the most is those high cortisol levels cross into the brain and create something called neuroinflammation. And as you can all imagine, neuroinflammation is not something that's good. It's like um, tangles, just tangled signals being sent and cellular debris that doesn't get cleaned up. And so pretty soon in your brain, you have almost like, I imagine a hoarder, you know, just junk everywhere Mm. and it's not getting cleaned up. So long periods of high stress cause very high levels of cortisol. My biggest concern is what it does to the brain. And if you don't fix that, you will have long-term chronic issues in every system that your brain controls, which is everything. Yeah. Thank you, because A, this highlights, uh, I think, who you can be as a person of impact. You've got the knowledge. You know how to pick out what is the important knowledge, wisdom, 
and you can communicate it in a way that makes sense and it's compelling. Uh, I think B, it, it, it elicits a response in me just to say like, that's, you know, we tried to solve a problem and, and we fixed it. I can run now. What I didn't get to speak to, and, and now's a great time to do it. Then we did more treatment that was like optimizing, helping me get to my high end, highest, best self. Uh, and I know there are entrepreneurs and leaders listening that, you know, salivate at that idea if you're wired up like me. And, and while the world was falling apart, I was able to run more, harder, faster, emotionally and mentally with the business. We did more experiments than we could have ever imagined doing in 2020 that set us up for 2021 and where we are now. I mean, I remember sitting in my seat and feeling amazing. Uh, and, and it was just really, really powerful. So yeah, adding an exclamation mark to this idea of this long-term effect of cortisol, this, this exhaustion, this brain fog, this fatigue, you don't have to suffer. You don't have to suffer. Um, thank you. Thank you for going into that. Well, when we think about like your passion, your knowledge for growth, where did, and there may not be a specific time you can point to, just curious uh, it, what would show up for you. When did you really start to be like, I want to grow. I want to develop myself. I always want to become hmm. better. Well, good question. I've always, and you may have just felt like, hey, it's I've always, always been, been there with me. That's there. Probably yeah. uh, in medical school is when I first noticed the differences between some people who were mm. very confident in how they approach things and delivered. And I had an internal confidence, but I was not expressing it in a way that other people mm. would probably feel confident about, you know, what I was, what I was talking about. So that was probably the first place that I noticed and the first place that I started doing more reading and trying to get a little more insight. Um, and then probably it just peeling back layers, cool. it gradually got a little more intense and a little more intense as I, as I went through medical school and then residency and then fellowship and then practice. So each level brought a different depth of personal development. It's awesome. I, I, I love asking that question to people because we all have these different journeys and I don't think I really started to value awareness in college, it was just more performance. Like I started like cataloging without even trying things in my brain that I can still access now. And it was all this achievement and performance. And, and so there was still growth, but I didn't really value interpersonal mm -hmm. awareness, right? And paying attention to the inner world. And so that took another 10-ish years. <laughs> uh, it feels like different wake-up points. So yeah, that makes sense. You're in that space. You're seeing this and, and how people are showing up differently. Well, this has been awesome. Just for people to hear your passion, to get some hope, to know a message they can take away and speak to leaders. Uh, where can people go find out more, uh, learn from you, learn about you, what you do? Where would you Well, like our website is probably the central hub. So that's vitalitynaturalwellness.com. We have a lot of information on our YouTube channel, which is also Vitality Natural Wellness. One of the biggest things that I would encourage people to do is if they feel they're not being served well, and it doesn't, I always say we play nice in the sandbox. So this isn't, you know, drawing boundary lines. I'm not gonna talk to any other physician about my care. If they feel like they're not being served fully, then 
simply what I prefer is they call the office or text the office. And the reason is we do, we simply connect better with people when we can actually connect with them. So we much prefer a phone call Mm. where we can really talk about what their needs are, what their concerns are, and see if we are a fit that would be beneficial for them. So phone uh, phone number they can call is 419-989-4342 or just go through the website. Awesome. Thank you for giving them Mm -hmm. a specific way to reach out. We don't have to suffer. I mean, that the hope and takeaway, I think, for all of us, that even in a challenging moment, we can do things with our body that allow us to not suffer, but, hey, be vital. <laughs> you went there. Oh. Uh, <laughs> hey, thank you so much for being with me today on the show, Dr. McRae. What a privilege to have you here. Thanks so much for being here. You know that self-leadership is difficult. And as you listened, if you found within yourself a desire for more awareness for yourself, your team, or your culture, or the people that you would guide as a coach, you can find more at SightShift.com, S-I-G-H-T-Shift.com to take the next step.